Often I've visited a sparkling realm where the light on forest mushrooms seems to dance. Said light, but the fragrant spark of a fabric sky whose fibers ignite with joy at my arrival. Often this world's comedy can wake me laughing too and wondering if I remember dreams true. Hey everyone, welcome back to Solacene. This is the third episode in our internet semester. Aaron, that poem evoked images of Super Mario games. Is that what you were alluding to? <laughs> no. Or was I just... Was it the mushroom reference? The mushroom and also the fabric. Oh yeah, fabric sky. Fabric sky, well, yes. I was alluding a little bit to last week's poem, actually, in which I, I ended by saying the internet, a pleasant place to visit. So last week, we were kind of introduced this idea of the town square being a nice being a nice place to visit, but not the nicest place to live. So it's kind of a continuation of that. A lot of today's episode will be that, but it was also comparing our time on the internet to our time asleep, mm. in that it can seem so pleasant and so fantastical, but often very difficult to remember. And there was a little bit of an in-joke where I said, I often wake up laughing, that I often wake up laughing, when in fact, more often is that I wake up screaming. You do tend to wake up screaming, yes. (laughs) Aaron enjoys having nightmares, so he'll intentionally drink a cup of off milk before going to sleep just to kind of spice things up when he's asleep. But it was this idea of like, you know, they say dream is a reflection, kind of fragmented of your, your psyche your subconscious Mm. and the internet in some regards i think is like that but for the collective psyche or the collective subconscious yeah that's like such a good comparison because when you wake up and you don't remember what your dreams were despite you when you were in them you're like this is awesome (laughs) i'm gonna remember these these are gonna like change my outlook on art and i feel like it's the same on the internet you're on there scrolling and you're like wow so many good ideas so much beautiful stuff being created i'm so inspired but then so often afterwards, it's just a blur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful poem. This week, we wanted to talk a bit about how existing internet platforms can facilitate in-person meetings and in-person... Interaction, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go through a list of 27 <laughs> digital platforms, not in depth, but we're going to go through and categorize them as either good, bad, or ugly, and have a conversation. We didn't categorize them together, so there might be some butting of heads on these points. I think it's going to be kind of a casual conversation. We're basically doing like a lay of the land for every different type of social media that we could think of. We probably missed some. Yeah. But we're going to give a few thoughts on each and explain why it is good, meaning so is seen, bad, meaning bad, but has potential to perhaps be so is seen, or ugly because you can't really have just two categories. Like when we started, we were like, okay, there's the good and the bad. But I was like, but you have to have the ugly. And <laughs> these are the ones that, let me just see what I wrote. Um, downright hellspawn. It's mm. like, there is no positive really. It's just making things worse. But before we start, let's just do a quick plug. If you like the podcast, you can also listen and watch on YouTube and see us sweating. We're on there. Uh, I think it's just called Solar Scene Podcast. And if you want to hold us in your hands, or at least our brains, you can buy our handmade zines through the link in the description. We have one for degrowth, one for education, and one for nature, the three previous semesters. But we're still putting the finishing touches on the internet one. So 
wait for that in the coming weeks, I suppose. Okay, so which social media or website did you want to discuss first? Let's go with Discord because that was a question from last week and yeah. we'll discuss the answer to that question and also tell me where you categorized it. I put Discord in the bed. Okay. And also for, for people listening, it's like we didn't go through Discord and all its variants. We just kind of went for the biggest example of each type of website. So it's like mm -hmm. I know there's other things that do what Discord does, but that's the biggest one. So and for that, I put it in the bed because which really means the kind of bed. Mm hmm. It's basically a digital version of a friend group, I was thinking. Like, let's say you're walking around a mall and there's like a group of six people all chatting around a table. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's not really proper or normal for you to go and sit with them and start talking because they have their private friend group. So that's what Discord is, which is not a bad thing, but it's digital, so it's kind of bad. Mm. Yeah, as I said last week, I just joined Discord and I put it in good because I really enjoyed the interface, but I only have one week of experience on it. But I was looking a bit on Quora oh, to yeah. see other people's experiences. I feel like Reddit kind of yeah, will cover yeah. that. But I was on Quora looking into other people's experience with Discord, and apparently it can be quite negative. People, because you can join chats that you're not actually like a part of well, in yeah, real but, life. Um, one of the few Discords that I've ever joined was the New to Montreal Discord. Mm -hmm. which has something like 5,000 people in it. So, But within that, there's like different, as you say, the interface, there's different, different channels. boards or channels yeah, yeah. Or, or forums where people can, can talk. And it just seemed to me like there were a lot of people who weren't on there to acclimatize themselves to Montreal and maybe meet new people or whatever. It was just like it was a, an end in itself for a lot of people. And I think that's another way of kind of how I've ordered my good, bad, and ugly. It's like if it's an end to itself, and not just a means to real-life interaction, mm -hmm. I'd probably put it in bad or ugly. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. So I, upon researching a bit more, I think I will move Discord to bad because it seems like it's a really efficient tool for organizing. I joined it for a nonprofit organization that I'm a part of. And yeah, exactly what you're saying. It was a means and an end in itself yeah. because this organization were all over the world. So it's like we likely will never all meet together mm -hmm. in our entire lives, despite working quite hard on projects together. So it's interesting that, yeah, it's not like it's helping us stay in touch before we yeah. meet in person. Like it is the whole thing. But that's the thing, though. That's an example, I would say, where it, it can be kind of good because, as you say, you would have never interacted with these people at all otherwise. Mm -hmm. But let's say if you're there's a Montreal one, it's like that means you're all in the same city. So what are you doing on Discord? It's kind of that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, the next one for me, I'll say Yik Yak, the long forgotten and very, very, what is it? The flame that burnt too bright mm -hmm. for us, Yik Yak. I, of course, put Yik Yak in good as well. Me too. Because it was... <laughs> <laughs> but it was good with a qualm for me. Um, mm -hmm. The problem with Yik Yak, in my opinion, was the anonymity. Yeah. If you had to have your full name on there, then I think it would be much better. There'd be actual real life repercussions if you chose yeah. to be nasty i think it would be that would be close to the so in social media in fact. yeah because it's it's live it's localized i think within a kilometer yeah and i think it would end up facilitating a lot of like you're passing someone on the street and you would kind of know if they there was a good chance perhaps hmm. that they saw the same things that you saw yeah but right now you pass someone on the street and your instagram feeds are probably completely different which is 
that's kind of a dystopian thing to say, but I mean, with Yik Yak, you'd at least have these things in common. Perhaps you're all remarking on, like, a few weeks ago, a bunch of, like, notices or papers that someone had handwritten, like, sprayed all over our neighborhood. <laughs> and it was just, like, about someone's dog. It wasn't even a lost dog thing. It was really strange, but I feel like if we had Yik Yak, people would have posted on it and we'd be like, haha, that's funny. Like, we all know that this happened. Right. And then maybe make jokes about people on the street. But now we're not going to talk about it because it's like, am I the only one that noticed this? So, yeah. yeah. Yik Yak is good. Well, I was thinking recently along along the lines of Yik Yak, but hopefully our social media Yik Yak or our solo scene Yik Yak will be a little bit less sordid about bathrooms, bathroom stalls, um, the messages on those. Mm. Is that a thing in women's bathrooms? Yeah. How common a thing? And what kind of things are people rising? Um, I don't see too many. Often I just be like, hi, and someone will be like, hello. That sounds very wholesome. And so on. It's not probably the same as men's bathrooms. Right. Sometimes people will put like a phone number and then they'll yeah. be like texted you. Sure. Like written underneath. But I was thinking about that because that is a kind of weird asynchronous pre-social media or pre-yik-yak equivalent, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, very, it's quite similar. Yeah. But obviously the things people write in a, in a bathroom are, <laughs> you know, not the most solo scene. But it's like there is a an interesting sense of community that it fosters, as preposterous as that sounds, I think. Yeah, certainly. I remember in high school, there would always be little, not scandals, but it'd be like someone would actually write something funny or something meaningful in a bathroom stall and have a full-on conversation going. Yes. And people would be talking about it because you don't even know who was writing these things. Mm. But you can kind of recognize people's handwriting. <laughs> so you know that it was just two people like corresponding or whatever it may be. Or one person using both their right and left hands. Yeah, could be. The next one is online gaming. I put this in the bad because I think it mostly distracts from real life. I was, I guess I'm picturing the extremes like people who spend hours and hours on what's it, MMORPGs, massive multiplayer online role-playing games, your World of Warcrafts, your RuneScapes. Um, but I also thought it, could, it can be healthy because, for instance, I learned to play chess almost entirely online, mm-hmm. be it uh, through a game on my PSP back in the day or through Lee Chess. Shout mm-hmm. out to everyone's favorites open source chess website today so i don't know i think this is kind of in my bad because there's there's pros and cons it could be very good it often isn't yeah so i put it in the good i mean i know that i'm just saying all my good off the bat i don't have a ton of them but online gaming i thought about it quite a bit and people usually who overuse it do have an awareness that they're overusing it Mm. like they know i'm just like i'm an indoor kid basically and therefore, they're not lost. I feel like people who use a lot of overuse a lot of other online platforms don't have an awareness that they're overusing it or don't have the same awareness. Right. You mean because th- so there is that gamer identifier. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about it quite a bit. And exactly as you said, it does foster a sort of sense of, I feel like it's always a healthy sense of community, the way that like social media, TikTok, Twitter is a less healthy version of, because at least if you're playing Splatoon, you're doing something. Right. And yeah, there's definitely a spectrum, but I think for the most part, it is doing something. You are at least learning how to play chess or Mm. with Splatoon is just the best example because it's pretty much the only online game that i've ever really played 
um yeah like you're doing something there's kind of funny things circulating it doesn't feel too unhealthy but maybe that's just because i never was sucked into it maybe yeah maybe in moderation yeah it's completely fine yeah but like, excess, it's completely bad i think yeah i think for my good i said things that if it was in moderation is completely fine but then the bad and the ugly it's not even fine in moderation yeah. like it should just be snipped but there's also maybe there's so much variance within this one maybe more than any of the other ones because yeah. online gaming it's like as we said there's lee chess which is on a desktop and very rarely chats unless you're me during game trying to like provoke my opponents but then there's splatoon which is a 4v4 thing so some people you're playing with you are cooperating with others you're generally kind of antagonizing um, but it has no voice chat and then i think there's what most people think of with regards to online gaming communities which was someone playing a, a Call of Duty with a headset on, trash talking in the lobbies or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's maybe there's some good, some bad, and some ugly within that one. Yeah, I think. Along those lines, what about Twitch? Okay, I've never been on Twitch. Never been near Twitch. Right. So I don't, I don't really know. You know about Twitch from Ellen? Wasn't that his name? Yeah, that was his name. Um, I put Twitch and ugly. I feel. <laughs> And it degrades social exploration. So <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Mainly, Twitch to me feels like... So this is this is probably a bit paradoxical because I put online gaming in good and then I put Twitch in ugly. Yeah. But this is kind of the ugly side of it, of streaming. Like, you're not playing the game. You're watching someone else play the game. And I don't really love that. Well, as I said last week, I see the appeal. Because mm -hmm. it's in the absence of having friends in your living room that you can joke about joke around and play with as well yeah um so it's a sad thing i also put it in ugly just because i was thinking mostly of the chat but i suppose even with this there's the two sides of it there's the streamer and there's the chat mm -hmm. and the chat just seems like a toxic anonymous horde like it just seems like it doesn't provide any any good really yeah like i it's feel just like bad. it definitely attracts kind of sadistic people who are like <laughs> i just want to like make fun of someone and there's this yeah. streamer who I'll inevitably be able to make right. fun of so many different things. I mean, for. E the thing is, even if it's not mean spirited, it often isn't like, I remember a few years ago, probably a, probably a good few years ago. Now there was, um, when Bob Ross had his moment in the, in the sun, it was like Twitch watches Bob Ross or Twitch mm -hmm. plays Bob Ross and everything was wholesome. They were using like, cause it was a real time reaction on screen where he would say something and that people would, put the emo the relevant emoji or they would say like oh just a happy little accent or whatever and that would become like a an instant meme which ostensibly is a, is a wholesome thing yeah. and a good natured thing but also you just have to ask what is the point and i i don't think there is much of a point i think it's a waste of time essentially yeah and i think coming together to play video games coming together to watch things is kind of like as far as i'd be willing to push the integration of internet into daily life because I remember growing up, hanging out with friends, we'd watch YouTube videos together. And like, I didn't love that mm. because it's like, yeah, you're all interacting and making memories, but they're very detached from your everyday experiences. And now I know people, instead of doing that with friends, would just do it virtually with others or when they're together, everyone's on their phones on TikTok or yeah. whatever. And then showing each other and it's even more sporadic than it used to be. So you're virtually watching something virtual yeah uh yeah i think because we have so many to get through we're going to be kind of broad strokesing this but that's kind of fun yeah. people talk about nuance in social media too much mm -hmm. i think the guttural like first response that's what we should go with so the next mm -hmm. one 
along the lines of Twitch is Instagram Live because it's about people streaming themselves, live streaming themselves. I know there's Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever. They all have the same function. I put this also in the ugly. Oh, Because I feel like this is just a vanity thing. Mm. Like it's just, it's this ugly sharing impulse that I really don't like. Like you're at a concert and something crazy happens. It's like, I'm going to show everyone. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This, I just like living in the moment yeah. and living for oneself. Okay. That's interesting. My experience in air quotes with ig live i don't think i've ever actually watched one is always with <laughs> no i don't think i have okay but i often will get notifications when people i follow go live mm-hmm. and the only people that do that are educational accounts and they'll do kind of q a's often like health related q a's because i follow a lot of people who are like special specialized in like hormone balancing right. or whatever so they'll go live and people will submit questions and they'll have a rapport with the followers i put it in good because of this very limited experience with it it's often educational i follow like childcare accounts and Mm -hmm. they'll do these q a's or just like lectures kind of so in other words it's experts opening themselves up to questions in real time yeah i just i guess i should have put in the bad i didn't consider that but i don't think that's the majority so yeah so maybe it is good and ugly it has yeah, two sides. <laughs> I think so. And along the same lines, the next one to talk about perhaps is Skillshare. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't really know much about this, but when you explained it to me, I was like, the problem is average Joes, you know, making a product of themselves mm-hmm. or making a, I don't know, making a, a side hustle of themselves. Yeah. And the problem is not if like Martin Scorsese wants to make masterclass. That's another one, right? Well, wants to make a yeah. a video explaining how to make films. The problem is when like an 11 year old who's only made six like short films in his backyard tries to become a teacher on Skillshare. Mm-hmm. I know this might sound the, the peak of irony because of what we are. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't, we never claim to be experts. And I feel like on Skillshare, because you're selling it, yeah. you do kind of claim exactly, to have some exactly. kind of expertise or at least something really valuable that people should pay for. Mm-hmm. I put Skillshare in bad because I think it's a really great platform. Like I could see us someday in the future making courses. Maybe not. I don't know. Like about how to positively message climate change or how to live a solacine life. Like but I just don't think those are things that need to be, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like I think anything that actually needs to be paid for and studied like that, mm-hmm. you don't go to Skillshare for it. Yeah, you'd go to university. Or or just look it up like... <laughs> There's, yeah. other, there's free resources a lot of, the, a lot of mm-hmm. the times. Yeah, so that's why it's in bad because I feel like it's generally there's a lot of stuff on there that it's like quite unvaluable. And then there's like a few gems and I feel like there can be gems and it's good to have these easy platforms for people who... So maybe there's someone who's a carpenter. So obviously they don't have a lot of skill in like web design or anything like that. Right. But they'd like to do a class on how to make your own bookshelf. Mm-hmm. And Skillshare would be like an accessible place to do that, I think. But yeah, bad. If they were a very good carpenter is the point. Yeah. Like you need to be. But the problem is there is no filtering system, I don't think. No. Okay, be real. Okay, I put be real and ugly. Which for people who don't know, let's explain be real. Yeah. Because I'm not <laughs> sure how big it is. I don't know. Apparently TikTok's um, passe now. So I don't think be real is what's take, come in its place. But there's it's kind of a a new social media sort mm-hmm. of new yeah and you everyone in your friend group or your digital friend group 
gets a notification at a random time of day, and you have to take a picture of yourself and of what you're doing. And then it posts, and then it lasts for 24 hours. So it's kind of like stories, but it's like you have to post at that time within five minutes or something, else you don't get to post for that day. And it's meant to just be authentic. Right. Social media. I also put it in the ugly. I just put beside it, LOL. Because I think that selling point of it being an authentic social media is it's good, better for mental health or something. It's it's like the best thing would just be to not have it. Yeah. So it doesn't really have a reason to exist unless it's like, you know, those patches that smokers wear when they're trying to cull the addiction. Unless mm-hmm. it's like that. Yeah. I think, I mean, everyone has met the kid who doesn't have social media and they're always like slightly obnoxious. Us. Us. Mainly well, Aaron. Me, yeah. I... <laughs> But it's also like they just have a... <laughs> they're always slightly obnoxious. They're always slightly yeah, obnoxious because bit. they know they're better than everyone else. <laughs> um, but they do... But they are better than everyone else. They're better than everyone else. Sure. And so, yeah, be real. Also, I feel like it could facilitate massive anxiety and that you'd want to always have your makeup and hair done, always right, look because presentable. There's, there's, there's no filters, famously. Exactly. No filters. So it's like, I feel like it might make people feel a bit more pressure, perhaps, and always yeah. to be doing something exciting. Um, even if it's not necessarily best for them, they should just be studying or whatever. <laughs> the next one, we're going to say WhatsApp. I have that in the bed. Yeah, I had it in the bed too. And I know that seems funny because WhatsApp, we're using that for like iMessage, texting, Facebook Messenger, like any any DMs basically. It seems like such an indispensable part of society. Yeah. But things were fine without, I know that sounds like people can say that about most technologies, but things really were fine without and people were social without. And I also think it's, kind of reduces certain skills or traits like planning, mm-hmm. navigation. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Because now it seems impossible. It's like if someone says, okay, let's hang out this weekend, you'd be yeah. like, okay, because there's an implicit, there's an unsaid, we'll organize it via text. Yeah. But before WhatsApp and such, it needed to be, I will meet you here at this time. And people had to be punctual and you had to know where the here was. Mm-hmm. So there was, I don't know, there was more of a competence like that. Yeah, I have a few things about these messaging apps. One is that I really like texting, just like using my phone's texting capacity instead of these ones that you need internet connection for. Oh, WhatsApp, yeah. Which is like a little bit nitpicky. That's weird. But there's a few people recently who have said, don't message me on Facebook, just text me. And it's like, it just feels nicer. And it's hard to explain besides that it feels nicer. I also, like, WhatsApp, the reason it's in the bad and not the ugly is because, yeah, it's pretty, like, neutral, but also it does allow you to communicate with people from, like, a far distance and not have to pay the fees that would be associated, especially mm-hmm. with calling. And finally, yeah, what you said. Like, I remember last summer, we there was a very specific plan. Meet at this park at 3 o'clock. We're going to play soccer. Right. And we got to the park at 3 o'clock. And there was just no one there. Yeah. And then we opened up the group chat and we're like, is anyone here? And then people trickle in for the next like hour and a half. And it's kind of, mm. I feel like in... Because they also might have been communicating privately or in a separate group chat that excluded people like us. Exactly. And also there's, the thing with group chats is, I don't know how many of our listeners have been in a big group chat with more than probably, let's say four people. 
it's like people constantly are messaging in there, even if it's just an emoji. Yeah, frivolities. Yeah, just to say something because you don't want to be left out. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I just lurk, of course, and read everyone's messages and see if there's anything important. But like people almost have a compulsion to post in group chats. And I think people are often in a lot at once. So in other words, it's often an end in itself. Mm-hmm. Whereas you, I, a lot of people just like them as a means to organize. Yeah. They are so often just like basically spending an hour on on a texting chat, like joking around or such. Yeah, As exactly. we used to do for yeah. hours and hours. Yeah, exactly. Like so that's because we, we were soulmates separated. Yeah. Um, I also was thinking about trust because so often, you know, the reason it seems so indispensable is because, well, how am I going to let my kid go to school or go to his friend's house afterwards if I can't? Um, check in with him mm-hmm. but it's like what well, people used to do and it used to be fine mm-hmm. and you know trust that's a whether that's a chicken or egg situation regardless but like mm-hmm. things were fine without yeah they were i yeah at the top of my page for anyone watching had trust in a big box because i feel like that is a lot about the internet and we're going to talk a bit about like in-person communities a little later but those are all very much built on trust the way that everything used to be, I think. So the next thing, Reddit. Reddit, and I had like beside this one Facebook groups because I think they do the same function, to be honest. Okay. Um, I had it in the bed because I think on the one hand it does solve problems. Like Reddit is basically not just me, but I know a lot of people, it has become my search engine mm-hmm. because search engines, usually I use them if it's like, dishwasher not working how fix yeah but i'll put like dishwasher not working how fix reddit because i want to hear real people responding instead of how the internet has become just wiki how or like people plugging their dishwasher fixing course and such so i think it's good for that problem solving but i also think it it causes some other problems so that's why i have it in the bed yeah reddit for me was the one item that has the biggest disparity between usefulness and like feeling while using it. Mm. So whenever I use Reddit, I just feel grimy because it's always like you can ask a simple question. How do I sharpen knives? And then like the answers would just be like, are you stupid? Like, oh, have yeah. you never seen a yeah, knife before? I was before? thinking about that this week also. The Reddit, the people on there, it's, they're very bad people. Yeah. They're very uncouth for some reason. They're very impolite. They're just very mean. It's like it's like when people talk about the oh people on the internet. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they're talking about people on Twitter. I think that people are talking about people on Reddit. Yeah, I think Reddit people just are the people of the internet. Um, but it's often, as you said, very useful. Like you can get a super specific and genuine answers yeah. often for product help. It's it's key. yeah. I had Facebook groups in good because I've only had good experiences with Facebook groups. And also love Facebook events in there because that's a really great way to find out about things happening in the community. So that's like a poster. Yeah, it's just like posters. I don't actually know what a Facebook group is. So I was thinking about like if if it being analogous to a Reddit, a subreddit for the New York Yankees, mm-hmm. a Facebook group just seems, it's like, what's the point really? Yeah, so there are some Facebook groups that are like for a TV show or whatever. Yes. But those are quite uncommon in how people use them. From my experience, Facebook groups, like The Garden has a Facebook group. Hmm. So there's only 100 members or however many people there are that yeah. that year. And we'll post, okay, Tuesday we're going to be harvesting the cucumbers, yeah. planting the tomatoes. I suppose that is good because there's no anonymity. Yeah. Like it's, it's Alicia's Facebook page, whereas mm-hmm. on Reddit it would be Alicia microphone 123 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Which could be anybody. So, yeah, um, I yeah, I've just only had good experiences with them. 
I've been in a couple for like podcasts and stuff, so it is kind of like the Reddit like fanny pages. Yeah, but even those have always been pleasant, but maybe I just only go to pleasant places. <laughs> okay, speaking of pleasant places, the meme of the week for this week, this semester we're doing memes instead of organisms just because it seemed more topical. I think this is the first one, obviously this being the third episode, that is <laughs> very much a stretch, I would admit that, to, to kind of analyze it from a psychological or sociological uh, with any kind of depth. The last two weeks, I think we were really on rock solid ground and that we nailed, you know, why these things were so were kind of more significant than they than they seemed. But this week I might be backing up the wrong hill. So the meme is it's a bit hard to describe. It's the nobody blank. Mm-hmm. And then the second line is like somebody, something crazy. Okay. Yeah. So the meme is basically it's a two line format. The top line is saying no one or absolutely no one saying nothing. Yeah. And then the bottom line is like the object or the subject of mockery, I suppose, which is like Alicia, and then it'll be a colon, and it'll be your dialogue is like, I hate cars, blah, 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 blah. Because yeah, it's like exactly. a, it's a caricature, basically, of things mm-hmm. that you would frequently say. Yeah, unprovoked, just launch yeah. into these kind of tirades. And yeah. I think that these are, they're sometimes insightful. I was looking back through the examples and was just shocked by how unfunny they all are. Yeah. Like there was this one that went like very viral on Twitch, and it was like, absolutely no one. And then it was like sweaters. And I had a picture of just like when hoodies kind of do that fold on your stomach. It's like, that's just, <laughs> it's just not funny. And also the nobody thing is almost entirely redundant from a, from a comedy perspective. And also, mm-hmm. you know, this might be nitpicking, but it seems a little bit incorrect just grammatically because mm-hmm. it's not nobody saying nothing. It's everyone, right? Yeah. Like maybe it should be everyone and then nothing. Yeah. And then the person saying something. But here's my, my kind of crackpot theory, which is that, it's it signals this shift wherein someone doing something or saying something or just being in a manner as the meme or know your meme described as unprovoked is now a a point of mockery. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if someone is being or being passionately, then that's a that's something to laugh at. Yeah. So it's it's, it's kind of making this claim that we should always be living in response. Yeah. to other people or to consensus or something like that. Because mm-hmm. I think these like these wouldn't be, maybe it would in like a meta way, but it seems like it wouldn't be used against people who are saying things that are very common or very popular, mm-hmm. right? It's for things that are a bit more extreme or singular or, or personal to them. So you wouldn't say like, absolutely nobody. How's the weather today? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because that's a common thing. Mm-hmm. It would be like, absolutely nobody. And then it'd be like, I don't know. It's often used politically, right? So you could have like people on the left talking about like Trump, Trump, we need to build a wall and keep them up, blah, blah, blah. Or you could have like people on the right saying, Bernie, we need more money for Medicare for all and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So. Meme yeah. of the week. Meme of the week. A couple examples that I found because do you want to guess what date is the earliest that Know Your Meme cites this on Twitter? 2019, maybe? It has September 1st, 2018. Okay. I actually feel like it was a little bit before that, but these things are notoriously difficult to, to trace. And it was about, it was like absolutely no one. And then it was like people who make autumn or Halloween too much their personality. Mm. It was like a long paragraph riddled with emojis about like spooky season and pumpkin mm. spice and all that kind of stuff. There was another one. It was like absolutely no one. And it was like New Yorkers. And they'd be quite about them bragging about being from New York. 
Mm-hmm. Or there was one, it was like, absolutely no one. And then it said, me. You're right, I should spend $500 on makeup. So that one is a little bit different. But generally, I think it's like, there's this idea of people talking to themselves. Yeah. And the internet, we can kind of characterize it as talking at once to yourself and also to everybody. Yeah. To some kind of void. So I think this meme somehow is is entrenched in all that. I think that last one definitely is a good example because sometimes I feel like I have this dialogue in my head of like sitting there and be like thinking about something for a long yeah. time and then be like, yeah, I should go to the store and buy some juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of funny in that sense of just like how we talk to ourselves. I'm comedic schizophrenia. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Speaking of comedic schizophrenia, um, YouTube comments. <laughs> <laughs> I had these in the ugly. Okay, I had them in the bad, but it's also because of my experience versus yours, I think. Right. Well, I just think they're pointless. And I think it drives an ugly kind of sociological impulse wherein I will so often see a video and maybe even before it's done, even if it's only a couple minutes long, I'll scroll down just because I was like, I want to know what other people are saying about this. And it's mm-hmm. not so that I can fall in line. It's not like that. Like I need to, I need them to make my opinion for me, make up my mind for me. It's more that I'm just... I'm, it makes one fascinated in the response to something. Because mm-hmm. often we're trying to predict, right? Well, that's what I am anyway. Yeah. So it's like, if, let's say we watch a Kitchen Nightmares video, one of our many vices on the internet. Like mm-hmm. you watch one of the full episodes of Gordon trying to salvage a, a floundering kitchen. And then you maybe you make comments during it because it's the kind of thing that you make comments during and like make fun of. And then you hit the comments and you're seeing who else made those comments. You're like, oh, they really hated him. Why did they hate you? That's weird. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of making a judgment on society, on people like this. And maybe this is unique to me. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I think it's, I just don't think any good comes of it. Yeah. I feel like they're kind of 95% unnecessary. The 5% of time, I like when people put like timestamps in the oh, YouTube yeah, comments. Oh, yeah, But I guess in, the, in reality, they're just well, unnecessary. Let's talk, I mean, the wholesome YouTube comments, your low yeah. five videos. But I don't even like those. Where the comments are all like... Oh, I love yourself. This made me cry. <laughs> yeah. I loved watching this. You're yeah. so pleasant. Yeah. But it, yeah, because it also means that the person creating the video has to care to an extent about what people say about it. And they can't just make mm. it for the sake of making it. Right. Turning off comments. Yeah. Will we turn off comments on our YouTube videos? They're not really big enough to get comments yet. But No. I don't know. Maybe. I think it has a professionalism to it. Mm-hmm. I've always liked how Apple does it. Because there's a sense of like, it's not like we're scared of what people are saying. It's just we're above that. Yeah. And I think if you're making anything worthwhile, you don't want it to be kind of kind of marred in a sense by by people doing that. Mm-hmm. People also just tend, again, to do mean things just completely unnecessarily. <laughs> We've had like three comments and they've all just been like weird and mean. Well, people, you know, that's fine. I, I don't mind that. Actually, I, I kind of like it. I know you kind of like it, but I'm just like, why would you go out of your way to just say something unkind? Because I have very rarely commented on anything. But yeah. If, it, if I ever have, it's been like this has genuinely moved me, and I want to like tell the person that. My favorite of the four, maybe four yeah. or three comments that we've gotten, someone commented, "I need a job," and the the reply to that, someone said, "Like, me too, bro. I'm sitting here watching two Zoomers talk about their favorite ecosystem, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that." So I don't know. Like, there's a comedy to it, but uh, I mean, this also under this category, we've also got like comments on news articles in the guardian or comments on mm-hmm. news articles on ign or something it's like there, there really is just no point to it so. yeah i don't love it okay um what about the nike run club i put it in bad it's just okay. kind of annoying 
Yeah. I don't know. Like You were the one who mentioned this one, so I thought you'd have some thoughts. Yeah, I have some thoughts. I think the idea is really great. What is the idea? What's the Nike Run Club? There's an app that tracks your runs. So it says... GPS. Yeah, like as you run, it tracks where you go, your speed at different intervals, mm-hmm. and you can kind of have different preset programs to like give you cues. You're at one kilometer, you're at two kilometers, whatever. And within this app, there's an option in major cities like only LA, New York, London, these run clubs that get together so that they say getting together Sunday morning at three at this location and we're going to go for a run. So it's just like, that's That's what the club is. It's very soul scene, but just the, I was always quite annoyed that it was so localized, but I guess because Nike is such a big brand, they want to maintain their image. Mm. So like, they don't want to just have like a random Pictou County run club at 1 PM. And it's just a bunch of randos and it could attract sketchy people. Right. So I'm thinking, where they do have the run clubs is probably a lot of like official Nike people there even mm. to kind of make sure that it's okay and safe. Good point. Because I'm sure it'd be not great PR if there was a run club was run over by a train. Like that wouldn't be great <laughs> for Nike. But I, I think, think it could be more localized. I had it in the good. Okay. Because I have used it in the past in my, my running phases. I, I like the way that it kind of gamifies exercise. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's good that people need that really. Mm-hmm. But I mean... It, even in the solo scene, it's not going to be the case that the majority of people enjoy jogging. Mm-hmm. Just because I think most people kind of fundamentally don't. I know I don't. Yeah. So I think having that, as you say, tells you your little PRs or your speeds or your kilometers, you know, your your length and your routes and how frequently you've run. I think that's that's a good thing for most people. Um, yeah. I've enjoyed it because it will give you like, you've run seven days in a row. Yeah. Like awards. But I do think that in the solo scene, it would be more focused on the organizing in mm-hmm. real life. I think that would be a great thing. Like, And part of the problem is, as you say, in Los Angeles or New York or wherever it may be, probably the people who join such clubs are big runners. Yeah. But I think if it had more of a covering all bases, absolutely yeah. entry level, even if it was just let's go for a walk, like clubs like that, mm-hmm. I think it would be it would be very, very good. In the solo scene, obviously, maybe you don't have to worry about inviting someone who will stab you. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so that's why I had it in the good, just because the potential that's there, I think, is, is, mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. Bumble. I had Bumble and Bad. Me too. Um, I met one of my best friends on Bumble BFF, so I can't put it in ugly. Yeah. But it has been... I mean, we're speaking from our experience of Bumble BFF, not the dating app. Well, the dating um, I would just put in the straight up ugly. Because yeah. I think that Bumble, Tinder, whatever it may be, eHarmony, I think they, from my vantage, which is thankfully never using them and hopefully never having to, um, they probably just completely broke dating. Mm-hmm. Like in a, in a very awful and, and borderline irreparable way. Like it just seems so unpleasant yeah. to, to anyone I've talked to, to who has been on these apps. I know some people end up getting married yeah. or whatever, but it's like... But the scene, uh, I just think it's, it's been so, so ridiculously bad for, yeah, for the idea of dating, courting, relationships. Well, pro- maybe we can do an episode on that, like how the internet... I think that'd be worth, these kind of things, but, worth an uh, episode, yeah. But the reason I only had it in the bad is because the BFF thing, I mean, it's good for introverts, I suppose. I like that there's no anonymity, like mm-hmm. you are putting yourself out there. I don't know, maybe it's just ugly. Yeah. I'm not sure. I've just had like it's so many line, I think. weird experiences on Bumble BFF in that I meet someone, get along really well. I'm sure this is exactly how the dating apps are. But then they just like don't message you back. You get, you you get back. ghosted. You get ghosted. Ooh. But so often. And it's like. And people don't like you. 
maybe. But it's just like such a strange experience of like, okay, I had a three hour conversation in person with this with this person through like who I met through this app. And it's like, were they just like performing for the three hours? Like, why did they ghost me? It's like very strange. That's why it's been bad because I feel like it might attract people who aren't actually looking for friends. They're just looking for like conversations mm. online or like. Or maybe they're looking for cheap hookups. Maybe. Yeah. It's like the meme of the week. Absolutely no one. And then Alicia, why did they ghost me? We had a chat for three <laughs> hours. <laughs> that is true. LinkedIn. Hey. I put that the, in ugly. The bumble of the corporate world. <laughs> I hate LinkedIn so much. Uh, I put it in bad just because I've never used it. To me, it's just like it's pointless, but it isn't doing a, a detriment to society. So in my, I don't think like not like YouTube comments or Twitter or so uh, or TikTok. Yeah, that's so true. I think it's. I just think it's point. There's a couple that I just wrote by beside pointless. Like LinkedIn's pointless. just annoying. It's like you need an online presence if someone's going to hire you. And it's like, well, why can't I just submit my resume? Mm. That's what LinkedIn is, but it shows all your connections. It's just annoying. Okay. Um, I think the episode's running a bit long, so we should let's do a speed round. Okay. TikTok is ugly. <laughs> yeah, I just put lol beside that um, one. I put Twitter and ugly. Yes, me too. And I think that I was thinking about that maybe it could be used for good, and maybe it often is, mm-hmm. because when organizations use Twitter as a means of communicating, like let's say, the, I don't know, your school telling you oh, we have a day off mm-hmm. it's like well that's helpful to know yeah so I, I don't know but i just think the average joe it's like why do you need a profile mm-hmm. again and maybe that sounds ironic with what we're doing yeah, just but the thing the, the other thing with podcasts is that there's a barrier of entry mm-hmm. we needed to set things up and apply and you know what i mean so it means you actually we edit you, you cared and you, you we edit you, you cared enough to put forward something that you you have pride in whereas tweets yeah. i think most people is just like just going to throw this out there yeah, I Maybe. think podcasting is quite different. We prepare for hours before. Okay, and I feel like with Twitter, you don't prepare your tweets. You just send them out there. Metaverse is ultra ugly. That's yeah, like... that's lol. That's really far. That's F-tier. And I had Zoom and ugly. And that's all my uglies. Zoom I put in bad because it's... I mean, let's say your mum moves to Australia. It's like... But it's like then just use Messenger. Yeah, but you want to see her. We used to Zoom. We'd use Messenger Video. These ones that are integrated in yeah, your daily Yeah, okay, chats. but I'm using Zoom as Skype, Messenger oh, okay, Video, okay. FaceTime, whatever. Like, okay. <laughs> I just think it's... It can it's, go bad then. It's, uh, you know, you connect with your loved ones. Mm-hmm. Not really. And I, the reason I put it in bad is because it's so overused. I mean, and in professional contexts, it's, it's just awful. It's just not... There's no point to it. I think it makes people feel like they're doing something. It makes people feel like they're connecting or being productive. You're not. You're just sitting looking and waiting for the zoom session to end okay um the opposite of the metaverse that we put in f tier is the sole uh one that i was considering in s tier miiverse mm-hmm. which for those who don't know was nintendo's short-lived uh, social media on the wii u and 3ds using your me as an avatar mm-hmm. and <laughs> being grouped around video games i was kind of kind of tongue-in-cheek putting it in s tier although yeah. i do have it in the good I have it in the good. It was just like <laughs> fun. I mean, there was no pictures. You weren't even able to write, really, were you? No, you could type. You could type you and could you could type? also draw. So basically, the initial intent was that people could dip in while you're playing a game and ask for help on, let's say, the Zelda puzzle, because you could also post screenshots. Mm-hmm. 
what do I do here? And someone could reply and say, oh, you have to light the torch, as if that isn't always the answer to the Zelda puzzle. Mm -hmm. But so it, it was it was supposed to be a, a crowdsourced solutions and help rather and or like anyone want to play X rather than always relying on uh, online walkthroughs. So in that sense, I suppose there was a community. Maybe it's also clumped in with online gaming. I'm not sure. The idea of you having avatars, I feel like is actually quite unique. I don't know if any other social media does that. I mean, I know people do the weird thing with their emojis mm -hmm. that are shaped after themselves, but it's not mandatory anywhere else, you know? Yeah. But Meverse, it's this weird thing where it's not quite you, but it's also not quite 100% anonymous. Yeah. So I, I think it, it had a strange feeling to that. Um, for most people, it was only accessible at home because it was, mm -hmm. you know, on their, on their Wii U. So I think that was interesting because it was on a big screen in usually a family living room. Yeah. So I think even if it is kind of a kid's version of Twitter, you use that version of Twitter different if it's on your phone and you are kind of shielding it from other people in your bed or something, or whether it's on a big screen that you can't hide. So I think it, mm -hmm. it leads people to different types of interactions. Um, and also there's the, the key fact that it was heavily moderated, Yeah. which is also quite unique. That was very useful for making it a nice place to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had Facebook Marketplace in good and Poshmark in bad. Facebook too, yeah. Marketplace, I've only ever had good experiences, really. Yeah. Beside that one, I just wrote, "It's good. Fixes a problem." Yeah. Because it, I mean, it is just people can sell things or get rid of things that they couldn't before, and mm -hmm. likewise acquire things that they couldn't before. So, yeah. and it builds community. You always have to see the person, shake their hand, and have a couple mm -hmm. words. So. Yeah. Know. And then Poshmark is just kind of a worse version of Facebook Marketplace. They I take wrote. a fee. Yeah. It's like you have to ship it, but yeah. it is still useful for like at least making sure you get rid of your clothes sustainably. Mm -hmm. Um food waste apps, good, if not S tier. I think those are Yeah, it's simple. Really it's pleasant. like it's good again, it fixes a problem. Yeah. But before so that's things like was it fresh food or something like that? Yeah, they all have names like that. Too good to go. So for for produce the grocery stores are getting rid of, you can sign up to the thing and and take it at a discount okay neighborhood watch apps which i don't even think you were aware of until i brought no. this up i think these are a bigger thing in america in gated communities it's kind of like yeah just a digital social media for a neighborhood watch mm -hmm. i had it in bad because it just again seems pointless and alienating if anything like it doesn't bring people together it seems like it kind of further creates social disharmony so that was I put it. Yeah, I had it in bad as well for the same reasons. Uh, actually, excuse me, I had it in ugly. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Medium, which means like blogs, especially paid blogs, substacks, things like this, like people's little online publications. Yeah. I had this in bad because I think it's a good outlet for people writing. I like how it's mm -hmm. a longer form and more professional and requires a bit more from both the writer and the reader because you need to subscribe, search it out, sometimes pay. Um, and a lot of the ones I've seen have been high effort and like good writing and just akin to journalism or good creative writing. I think the only reason I had it in bad was that it's digital and it is a that's the end. Yeah. To be on to be digital. Makes sense. I had medium in good, but then most other blogs in bad. Medium, I just really enjoy the experience of reading things on there. And Is Medium the paid one? Some of them are paid? You have to pay yeah, after like three articles yeah. or something. Okay. And so it's just good for the creator, like the person who's writing. And it does seem to foster good work. Mm -hmm. But other blogs don't so much. If it's a lot of like ghostwriting or like 90% of them are just written by AIs. The like they don't feel yeah, great. The short-lived so is seen blog. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get back to it one day. Someday. Um, letterboxed. I had this in the bad 
it's probably the social media that I use the most, ironically. I think it, it could be something like the run club of movies, as in my idealized version of the run club, which was about organizing actual run clubs. Mm-hmm. I always think that Letterboxd, if it had a bit more of a geographic feature, because you could literally see who else was at a, sc- a, one, a single screening of a film that you saw, what time and what cinema and what date. Yeah. And I think that like that would be amazing for, for building real friendships. Yeah. But it doesn't have that, fr- that feature, so it's in the bad for me. Yeah, it's in the bad for me for this for that reason. Also, yeah, you can't really build community. No. Like, you can't message. It's, it's often an end in itself. Yeah. And there's even an argument to make that it kind of gamifies consuming mm-hmm. and rather than really, really trying to watch film with, a, with an analytical, like a, an eye to be, I don't know, to be changed for yeah. arts. So it kind of puts everything on this the same level. Mm-hmm. I don't know, there's something about just the seemingly infinite number of films and the way they're displayed that it makes it seem like toys to collect or something like that and then for soundcloud slash tumblr we kind of lump these ones together they're a little bit different but i think we were just thinking about users posting arts in a blog-like format um i put this one in the ugly i'm not exactly sure why it might be might just be bad i've i think it's because i'm i'm referring to the uglier aspects of elements of tumblr yeah, I think Tumblr just has a really, really dark side. Yeah. Um, but then with the SoundCloud and the like streaming Spotify, things like that, it has a place, but I feel like it's kind of broken the industry. Mm. I don't want to say for the bad, because obviously getting a record deal is immensely hard. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of for the good, but I feel like yeah, the Tumblr But it cracks culture wide open. Yeah, like it- there's I just feel like it sucks because a lot of amazing artists get lost right. on these because there's no filter. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> I just feel like sometimes I'll come across an artist on the internet and I'm like, oh my goodness, like they must be in mm. galleries. And then I click on them and it's like, no, it's just this one Tumblr page that they run. And it's like kind of a shame because it's so saturated okay. that there's no no one kind of seeking it out to promote it. Like I feel like agents aren't on there trying to find great mm. art too often. That actually, I had a solo scene recommends this week, and sure. this is maybe a good place to do it. I went to a concert for the first time in eight years, and the artist's name was Nico Paolo. So if you want a beautiful musician who has the voice of a literal angel, but also like slightly indie, just like beautiful music, Nico Paolo, search her out. Shout out to my friend for recommending her to me. It was just lovely. A very is solo it a Montreal-based artist? No, she's from originally from Portugal, but mm. lives in Newfoundland. And also the viewing experience, it was at a place called Maison. So I just thought that was like a kind of house. chic name. Well, I didn't think it was going to be a house. Okay. But it was just a chic name for like a club or wherever was going to be this concert. But then we showed up and it was in fact <laughs> just a house, like house. just in an old parlor. Not even a Maison, just house. <laughs> yeah, just Maison. Um, and yeah, it was a in this tiny house there were like i was sitting on a seat that had like springs poking through it was a whole very soliciting experience um that's such a natural adjective yeah <laughs> i like that i hope people if that could be our podcast like sole contribution to society people just start saying that mm-hmm. please listeners you soliciting as yeah. an adjective <laughs> no one would get it though you'd be like in the room be like man that's so scene. everyone's like what yeah, but then you have to send them our podcast and yeah. listen. They go, 
I get it. Right. Look at the zine. <laughs> okay. The final thing, meetup.org. I've never been on meetup.org, but what I know of it is that it's a place for people. It's kind of like Facebook events. So like people will post, we're going to get together and play Dungeons and Dragons. We're yeah, going to get together exactly and discuss that. Nietzsche. Mm-hmm. Like whatever it may be. Um, I've had it in bad because from what you tell me, there aren't a lot of pleasant things to do on it. Like it's always Dungeons and Dragons. It's never anything else. Well, today actually I got an email from it because I'm a, I I subscribe, but I've never actually been to one um, for Montreal seven v seven football or soccer league. Oh, okay. So there is there is like active stuff. I put it in bad because it's mostly old people. I think it's good in theory, but it's mostly older demographics. It's not very diverse in terms of the types of people on it, nor the types of opportunities offered, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you have to pay to post a thing. Oh. So, like, if I wanted to post a meetup, as if I was posting, I don't know, a poster around town, I have to pay a fee. That's strange. It is weird. Whereas with a Facebook event, right? Mm-hmm. But with a Facebook event, it's only going to show for your friends, really. Yeah. So, that's the thing. You're, you're having, you have this massive demographic that can find you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but I think it could be used for good in the solo scene because I was thinking we didn't get to talk about it too much, but like maybe next week we can talk about place websites. Like it's really great that like a church has a website so you can go on and say these are the times that they're going to be meeting, like see their calendar and so on. Because otherwise it'd be really hard when you move to a new place to like get information about yes cafes even. It's like, is this open? Like what's going on? Actually, I did have some questions for next week. Okay. So one is we could talk about the internet tone. That's something I've been thinking about. Mm. Like, is it light? Is it serious? I know it differs by website. We talked about Reddit is often kind of sordid and sweary. So I think that the internet tone versus real life tone, I think is interesting. Um, and also maybe how anonymity plays into that. Mm-hmm. Maybe just a, a small conversation. And the other one is talking about how seen communication sticks in our mind compared to heard communication. Okay. So it's like, I don't know, if you read a, an interview versus watching one on YouTube versus watching one in the crowd. Mm-hmm. On YouTube, you can pause and go back. If you see it, you can read it infinite times. If you are there in the crowd, it's lost to the ether if you cough or something. So, yeah, those are my two ideas for next week. Yeah, those are good ideas. Cool. Thank you all for listening. This was a fun conversation, introduction to the internet for anyone who's never been on it. Hope you all tune in next week.